Blog Talk hey, what's Radio. Up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the BHITB Podcast. I'm your host, Dante Fortson. Today we're going to talk about doctrines of deceptions, and this first topic is going to be Gentiles and Edomites. So this is going to be a new segment on the show. Uh, every now and then I'm going to cover different deceptions. So today's first one, Gentiles and Edomites. But before we get to that, make sure you go to uh, Patreon and support on Patreon. Just reach 50 patrons. Shout out to all you guys that uh, have made that possible. And as promised, I'm going to get on uh, getting into the outreach material, getting that uh, printed up and designed and all that good stuff so I can put it out for you guys to share. Uh, Some of the stuff will be printable. Some of it will be uh, digital, so you can share it online, uh, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, But I'm getting on that now. Please keep uh, becoming more patrons. For those of you who have not joined uh, on Patreon, there's a lot of good stuff on there. There's a welcome package with a free book, some other free stuff you can download and print. Um, I drop free goodies every now and then. You get access, full access to the Food for Thought section and also the Coming Soon section where you can actually go read studies that I'm working on as I'm working on them. Um, some people think it's just the title up there and they can't see it, but if you're a patron, you can see the full study as it's being worked on. So check that out. And also added a ministry mentor level for those of you who keep asking me to help you with your ministry or other stuff. Uh, There's only three slots open. If you want me to mentor you in the online ministry space, show you how to get online, uh, show you how to SEO, get in the search engines, bring people to your website so you can get the message out, you can go sign up for the ministry mentor level on Patreon. And finally, before we get started, the show notes. Uh, Show notes are now in the description on YouTube. Um, if you click the link, it'll take you to the um, Black History in the Bible website where you can read the show notes. And finally, make sure you subscribe while you're on the Black History in the Bible website. You'll get a free book when you subscribe. Make sure you click the confirmation link in your email so you get updates. All right, so let's just jump into this show. So disclaimer before we get started, chances are I'm going to offend a lot of people. Um, I don't care, though. Truth is truth, and we're just going to get into it. So to me, something didn't add up about the teaching on the Gentiles that we are basically force-fed in modern Christianity back when I was still involved in uh, Eurocentric Christianity. Um, Let me see how to phrase this. So basically they taught that all non-Jews are Gentiles. Okay, that was fine. I accepted it for a while, and then as I started to read scripture, something did not make sense to me. And then when I ran into the camps, I started listening to them, and they teach that that the Gentiles that the Bible is referring to are just basically scattered Hebrews that started calling themselves Gentiles. That doesn't make sense either. And I'm going to show you why today that neither one of those makes sense, and I believe both of those are blatant false teachings. Uh, real quick, Cointelpro. Myself and Teo mentioned that we believe that the camps are Cointelpro operations. And what Cointelpro is, real quick, for those who are first-time listeners, those of you who are listening know what it is, but Cointelpro is basically they would find sellouts in the black community, black people, who would go in and infiltrate the movements and feed the FBI, CIA, whoever, all the information they could, and they would use this information to discredit the movement. They would use this information to lock up people participating in the movement, and they used this um, information to assassinate many of our leaders during the civil rights era. And so they used this COINTELPRO op to infiltrate, the, infiltrate and destroy black movements. And I believe that's what a lot of the camps are right now is COINTELPRO ops, because as you will see, 
there's a lot of suspicious and blatant false teaching, and then there's a lot of teaching that comes from Christian identity, Mormonism, and Teo pointed some of this out, and I went and looked at it after our show, and he is correct. They are correct, really. Um, it's two of them. They are correct in saying that a lot of the teachings in the camps come from Eurocentric Christian doctrine, and I'm going to show you some of that today. So in Christian identity, and this is where this comes from, the racist doctrine of Christian identity, they teach that all non-Jews are Gentiles. The VHI can teach that Gentiles are scattered Hebrews, uh, claiming to be Gentiles. So the first question for both of these groups you have to ask is when you get to Genesis 10.5, and they don't like to start at Genesis, you'll notice that if, if you try to take them to the beginning and start, a lot of these groups avoid that and try to jump somewhere else into the scriptures. So Genesis 10.5 talks about Jacob. And it, it defines Japheth as the origin of the Gentiles. And Japheth's uh, lineage migrated into Europe, very likely because they were albino, possibly, uh, which is why they become lighter and lighter and lighter as they move up into Europe further away from the sun. Uh, if you know about the story of Noah, Noah was possibly an albino. You can read that in the book of Enoch. We're going to get into it today. Uh, but the reason this is important is that the fact that Genesis 10.5 mentions the Gentiles proves that Christian identity's interpretation of Gentiles, of all non-Jews being Gentiles, is a lie because Jews didn't even exist then. It was just Shem, Hem, and Japheth. So when you consider the fact that those are the lineages and Japheth's seed is referred to as the Gentiles, you have to ask yourself, why wasn't everybody referred to as Gentiles? And if you look at the way Genesis 10 is structured, Japheth's lineage is named first. And it concludes by saying, by these were the Isles of the Gentiles um, uh, spread out. And if you say that anybody mentioned before that verse, it refers to them as Gentiles, there's only Japheth before that verse. If you say it refers to everybody after that verse, well, Shem is mentioned after that verse. So it would include Shem, and we know that Shem's line and not the Gentiles. So we... we has to conclude that it refers to Japheth. And if it refers to Japheth, then it means, number one, Christian identity is wrong, and number two, the camps are 100% wrong when they say that these are uh, Hebrews claiming to be Gentiles. But if you go into um, Genesis 14, we see a war between uh, kings. It's four kings versus five kings, and one of the kings is called Tidal's king of nations. And that word nations there is Hagoyim, the Gentiles. Same word translated as Gentiles elsewhere in the Old Testament. Now, there's about 17 different variations of the word Hagoyim used throughout Scripture, and all of them refer to basically European nations. And, again, we'll, we'll get more and more into that. I'm going to try to get through as much of this as possible. There's a lot to cover. So in order to have Tidal, king of the Gentiles, king of the Hagoyim, you have to have a nation. A nation has a king over it. And then in order to have a nation, you have to have people. So... These people formed a nation, they were the Gentiles, and they had a king, Tidal, king of the Gentiles, which again shows you that Christian identity is lying when they say it's all non-Jews, and it shows that the camps are lying when they say these people are Hebrews. Now, when we get to Joel 3, Joel 3 is kind of like the nail in the coffin, in my opinion. And in Joel 3, chapter 3, uh, verse 9, let me go ahead and read it for you. Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. This is, this is um, future stuff, and most of us are familiar with Joel 3. This is 
future stuff. So this is beyond New Testament stuff. And this is important because when we get to the New Testament, which is where the camps say the, the Hebrews, the scattered Hebrews started calling themselves Gentiles. And so the New Testament is referring to them as Gentiles. Well, there's going to be several problems, but this is the first one. Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. So either God is telling the scattered Hebrews to prepare for war, or he's talking to a different group of people. So let's let's go down. Um, let me see. Well, as you read through Joel, you can read through Joel yourself. But basically, uh, Joel goes on uh, to talk about the Gentiles are the ones that sold his people into slavery and divided his land. So now the premise of the camps is that the Hebrews were calling themselves Gentiles. So in order to explain certain verses, they flip-flop between explanations, and they do so because they can't keep consistent doctrine. If they try to teach a straight, consistent doctrine, it falls apart. And let me go ahead and hold on. I'm pulling up a verse. All right, there we go. So after Joel 3, 9, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into the New Testament because most of what I'm going to cover is found in the New Testament. So in the Old Testament, we see that the Gentiles are absolutely not Hebrews calling themselves Gentiles. And in the Old Testament, we see that the Gentiles are not non all non-Hebrews or non-Jews, however uh, Christian identity wants to phrase it. So those two teachings are false as far as the Old Testament is concerned. But let's get into the New Testament now. John, uh, chapter 7, verse 35. This is the verse that the camps love to use to try to explain that the Hebrews were calling themselves Gentiles. Uh, John seven thirty-five reads, Then said the Jews among themselves, Whither will he go that we, will not, we shall not find him? Will he go unto the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles? Now, the reason that they try to make the claim that the Hebrews were calling themselves Gentiles is because they teach a hate doctrine that says that nobody but Hebrews can be saved because one of the deceptive ways of teaching that the camps use is they half quote scripture. So for example, they will quote to you Matthew 10 or Matthew 15, where it says Christ came to save the lost sheep of Israel. But what they won't do is teach you Matthew 22, which is the parable of the supper where Christ calls his people, they reject him, and then he says, go out and find anybody, everybody, and bring them. And then in uh, Matthew 28, where he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations. He doesn't say just the scattered Hebrews or just the Hebrews. He says, teach all nations, because Israel rejected him. And so because Israel rejected him, it opened up the way to salvation for all other nations. Now, they hate that part, and so they try to find a way around that part, which is false teaching. And I'll continue to go into more of why we know that what they're teaching is a not only a lie, but a blatant lie and an attempt, in my opinion, to lead people away from salvation. So let's look at what Christ says in Luke uh, 21, 24, and see if we can make it make sense in context of um, what they teach in the camps. Now, Again, I'm going to drill this in. The camps teach that the references to Gentiles in the New Testament refer to the scattered Hebrews. So let's, let's read Luke 21, 24. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. He's preaching about our future slavery. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So now if we stay consistent with camp teaching, 
Christ is telling us that Jerusalem, which is where the, the Hebrews are living, are going to, is going to be trodden down by Jews that were scattered, now calling themselves Gentiles, and now live in Jerusalem. That doesn't make sense. And it says that they will live there until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. So if you go by the camp teaching, they're teaching that these scattered Hebrews are going to be in Jerusalem until the time of the scattered Hebrews is fulfilled. doesn't make sense. So let's continue on pointing out something else that doesn't make sense. Uh, Paul. Paul says he's the apostle to the Gentiles. Paul makes that very clear. And so they try to twist this and say Paul was only teaching to Hebrews. Not true. Paul traveled exclusively to Europe. Look up a map of Paul's journeys. There's one on blackhistoryinthebible.com. You can look up the map to Paul's journeys. Paul traveled exclusively to Europe. So if, if Paul was only teaching Hebrews that are scattered, you have to ask yourself, why did Paul only address European believers living in European cities? Look at all Paul's letters. Look at the names of Paul's letters. Go Google them. See who they're tied to. Um, and you will see that they are all European churches. The scattered Hebrews didn't have European churches established. This is not what was happening. They were Paul and some of the others were going out establishing churches, but they had Gentile leadership. They were not scattered Hebrews being placed in charge of these churches. And if you want a full in-depth study on the Hebrews, I'm sorry, the, the Gentiles, I have a study on, on blackhistoryinthebible.com called Unmasking the Gentiles, where it goes in depth. It's a 13,000, over 13,000 word study, where it goes in depth from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And it breaks down the Gentiles. It breaks down Herod Shepherd of the Gentiles, which is a real place. It was discovered in Canaan, and it is a European settlement. It's not a Hebrew design. It's not a Canaanite design. It is European design, which further goes to show you that what these camps are teaching doesn't add up. And I know I made a statement earlier about them trying to send people to hell, and I'm going to get to that. So Paul goes to the Gentiles. Paul writes letters to the Gentiles who are European, not scattered Hebrews. But perhaps the biggest nail in the coffin to their, their New Testament false teaching on um, Hebrews being Gentiles is found in James, the book of James. Let's, let's start there because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit a couple of these. Uh, the book of James 1.1. 1, 1. Now, James does not use the word Gentile, not a single time in his letter. I believe five chapters. He doesn't say the word Gentile or Gentiles not once. Here's how James 1.1 starts. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. So now, if, if these Hebrews were the ones that were scattered and calling themselves Gentiles, and that's who they were preaching to, why would James refer to them as the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad instead of just saying James to the Gentiles? The reason for that is because James was not an apostle to the Gentiles. Paul was. And in addition to that, Paul traveled with Titus, who was a Greek. And you can go, um, let me see here if I pulled that uh, scripture. Um, but Paul traveled with Titus, who was a Greek. And because, let me make sure. There we go. Paul, yeah, Titus was a Greek. And Paul is referred to as a Roman five times in Acts 22. Now, Paul, even though he refers to himself as a Roman, 
Paul also identifies himself as a Hebrew from the tribe of Benjamin. So never once does Paul call himself a Gentile, even though he was a Roman citizen, and the Romans were definitely Gentiles. We know this because when they turned Jesus over to the Romans, they said, let's turn him over to the Gentiles because we can't kill him. It's Passover. So we know for a fact that they were referring to the Romans as Gentiles. Now, Paul refers to himself as Roman, but Paul does not refer to himself as Gentiles because Paul grew up in Rome. Paul was one of the scattered Hebrews. Paul did not grow up in Jerusalem as far as we know. Paul was a Roman citizen. So he gained his citizenship because he was born in Rome. So if Paul was, Paul being one of the scattered Hebrews, also a Pharisee, if Paul was a scattered Hebrew and didn't refer to himself as a Gentile, then that should tell us that what these camps are teaching is false. If Paul traveled with Titus, who was a Greek, a Gentile, and Paul had no problem with traveling with a Gentile, then we know that what they were teaching is false about Gentiles not obtaining salvation. So let's go from James. So James is talking to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. He doesn't say the word Gentile. So from James, we can jump over to First Peter. First Peter, again, Peter was not necessarily an apostle to the – he didn't call himself an apostle to the Gentiles. I'll put it that way because Peter did live among the Gentiles and preached among the Gentiles. But Peter wrote his letter. First Peter is written to Hebrews. It is not written to Gentiles. Peter starts off by saying, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Now, these people that Peter is talking to are Hebrews. We know they are Hebrews because he, in later on, he mentions Sarah. He mentions them being the descendants of Abraham. But in Second Peter, here's here's the kicker for those that still believe the nonsense that Hebrews were calling themselves Gentiles and living in the land, and so people were calling them Gentiles. Second, First uh, Peter two twelve. He's, this is Peter explaining to the scattered Hebrews. I'll start at 2.11, just to read in context. Um, I want you to go through and read all this yourself. Every verse I'm giving you, read the whole chapter for context yourself. But First Peter 2.11, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles. That whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may be may they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So, if these scattered people are Gentiles, why is Peter referring to the scattered strangers differently than the Gentiles? He says, "Have your conversation honest among the Gentiles." So, if they were the Gentiles, he would just said, "Have your conversation honest." Or he would refer to them as Gentiles. He doesn't. He refers to them as strangers. He says, strangers, keep your conversation honest among the Gentiles. And again, in First uh, Peter 1, he says he's talking to the scattered strangers. So Peter's talking to Hebrews, not to Gentiles. He differentiates the uh, scattered Hebrews from the Gentiles, as does James. So we see that this stuff is a lie, a blatant lie. And because they teach this blatant lie, it, it twists a lot of people up in uh, it twists a lot of people up in the doctrine. So let me go ahead and move through this real quick. Uh, Hebrews. So 
because the camps don't want other people having salvation or they want to teach other people can't get salvation, they'll do a lot of twisting of the Bible. And it doesn't stop with just the Gentiles. They teach that Ruth, even though she claimed to be a Moabite, that she was really a Hebrew because the Hebrews had wiped out the Moabites and they started calling themselves by the names of the people they wiped out. You'll see this consistent false teaching across camp doctrine. They'll try to change people and say, oh, these people are really Hebrews, even though the Bible says otherwise. So they teach that Ruth wasn't a Moabite. She was a Hebrew. They teach that Ahithophel, Bathsheba's grandfather, was not a Gionite, as in the Canaanite Gionites, but that he was a Hebrew that just called himself because he lived in Gilo. And Bathsheba was not a Gilanite, even though she was uh, the granddaughter of Ahithophel. She was really a Hebrew that called herself because she lived in the area. They teach that Uriah the Hittite wasn't really a Hittite. He was a Hebrew who lived in the Hittite area. Now, let me go ahead and show you why this is a blatant. The book of Ruth was written in 1030 B.C. So if you understand how time works, the further out you get in B.C., the further away from history it is. So if you have 1000 B.C., it's further away than 100 B.C. So Ruth was written in 1030 B.C., right? And they claimed that the Hebrews had wiped out the, the Moabites and Ruth was really an Israelite calling herself by that name. Bathsheba is mentioned in 2 Samuel in, in 931 B.C. So this is about 100 years later. Bathsheba is mentioned as a Gionite. Ezra was written in 457 B.C., 573 years after the book of Ruth. Now, if what they're saying is true about Ruth, that the Hebrews had started taking on the name of the people that they were around and Ruth was really an Israelite, then Ezra would not contradict that. Now, Ezra was written 573 years after the book of Ruth, right? I'm going to read for you Ezra chapter 9, verses 1 and 2. Ezra chapter 9, verse 1 says, Now when these things were done, the princes came to me saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the land, doing according to their abominations, even of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. Why is Amos, or sorry, Ezra, naming these people that are still in the land over 573 years after the camps tell you that these people were wiped out and calling themselves Israel? Yet Ezra is pointing out that these people are still mixing with the people of the land. In verse 2 of Ezra 9, it says, For they have taken of their daughters for themselves and for their sons, so that the holy seed have mingled themselves with the people of those lands. Yea, the hand of the princes and the rulers have been chiefed in this trespass. So they were clearly mixing with those people. That's the, it's a lie that these people were gone and that the Israelites were calling themselves as these nations. That is a lie. And you can read that for yourself. You can go find out. You can Google when the book of Ezra was written. You can Google when the book of Ruth was written. It's an inconsistent doctrine. So ask yourself, if these people are law keepers and they study the law in the Old Testament as much as they claim, why are the camps out there teaching this false, this false doctrine? is to lead people astray because the biggest lie of the devil is not to give you a, a blatant, convoluted lie that you could easily pick apart. What, they, what the devil or the enemy wants to do is give you a surface lie. What did he tell you? You shall not surely die. He didn't make it any more complicated than that. You won't die. So what the, what the cans do is they say, oh, Ruth says she's a Moabite? Nah, she was a Hebrew. Oh, Bathsheba? Nah, she wasn't a Gionite. She was a Hebrew. Uriah? Not a Hittite. Hebrew. Gentiles? No, nah, not other people. They're Hebrews. That's the lie. They keep the lie consistent. So let's get to Esau. And I'm going to try to – got like seven minutes left. I'm going to try to cover Esau real quick. 
So the camps are out there teaching this hatred for Esau because they go through and they ignore verses and they, they cherry pick other verses. And so one of the justifications they try to use uh, for hating Esau is Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. This is what they teach. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts are uh, your thoughts. Let me, let me back that up. So um, this is not what they teach. They teach this because it's in the Bible. But this is where I'm starting off at. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. And he's differentiating between his thoughts and our thoughts. Now, what they use uh, about hating Esau they they dig into the Lord hating Esau uh, from the beginning. They use this uh, Malachi one three and Romans nine uh, nine thirteen. The Lord hated Esau. Now remember, God's thoughts are not our thoughts, and His ways are not our ways. So they say, oh, because the Lord hated Esau, we can hate Esau. However, uh, when you read the Bible, you see that Deuteronomy twenty three seven through eight says something different. Thou shalt not abhor an Edomite, for he is thy brother. Thou shalt not abhor an Egyptian, because thou was a stranger in his land. The children that are begotten of them shall enter into the congregation of the Lord in their third generation. Now, there's no exception there. There's no, oh, because God hated Edom, you can't. It says, thou shalt not abhor or hate an Edomite, period. So when you see them out there talking about law keeping and they're teaching hate for Edomites, they are breaking the law in the same breath. Deuteronomy 23.7 shows them to be lawbreakers. It says, for he is thy brother. This is important because I'm going to come right back to this. And it says, the children begotten of them shall enter into the congregation of the Lord in their third generation. Why aren't the Hebrew Israelite camps out there teaching that? Because they are trying to lead people astray. They know that law is in there, and yet they refuse to teach that the children begotten of the Edomites shall enter into the congregation of the Lord. They aren't out there actively teaching that the Edomites are our brothers either, which the Bible does say. Now, let me show you why that's uh, super important. Uh, give me a second here to pull that up. All right, I got about four minutes here. Okay. So, now, Edom is the brother to Israel. We see this in Genesis 25. We know that Jacob and Esau were twin brothers. So, if they're out there uh, teaching hatred for their brother, let me let me let me show you what the Bible says about that. Now, this is important. First John two nine says, "He that saith he is in the light and hateth his brother is in darkness even until now." What did Deuteronomy say? Thou shalt not abhor an Edomite, for he is thy brother. So they're teaching hate for their brother. Says so they're in darkness. 1 John 2.11 says, but he that hateth his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not whither he goeth because that darkness has, blind, darkness has blinded his eyes. So these people are blind. But let, let, me, let me show you what they're blind to because John goes on to, to further explain what's wrong with this teaching. It says, whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer, and ye know that no murderer hath eternal life abiding in him. So what are they out there teaching? They're teaching hatred for Edom. But finally, what does John say? First John 4.20. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. 
I'm not calling him a liar. The Bible does. It says, for he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Right? So if they're out there teaching hate for Edom, I just read the four verses. You can go back and look them up yourself. They're teaching hate for Edom, which 1 John 4.20 says, if a man hates his brother, Edom is our brother. If a man hates his brother and says he loves God, he's a liar. He cannot love God. Christ said, if you love me, follow my commandments. What were the two commandments Christ gave? Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. So according to John, 1 John 4.20, if you hate your brother, you hate God. Christ said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So if you hate God, you're not keeping the commandment of Christ, which means you don't love Christ. And if you don't love Christ, you can't obtain grace. And without grace, there is no salvation since you can't keep the law and the sacrifice. And this is what I mean about the camps. Their doctrine is leading people away from salvation and not to salvation. So it's important that you go ahead and read your Bible in its entirety. So when you see those people out there in the camps lying and teaching hatred for Esau, you can refer to the Bible and say, oh, wait, the Bible says that these people that are teaching hatred for their brother are liars and they don't love God. They're walking in darkness. Their eyes are blinded. They're murderers. and They don't have eternal life abiding in them. And that's straight from Scripture. When you see them saying all this stuff, know it's false teaching. So I'm down to the last couple seconds. I'm about to get out of here. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you go to the blackhistoryinthebible.com to get your free book. And until next time, I'm out.